0: You're listening to a special edition of My Safe LA's Fire and Life Safety podcast, remembering the Northridge earthquake 20 years later.
1: Hello and welcome to another podcast from My Safe LA, part of our Fire and Life Safety education series. This is part of our special series on the Northridge earthquake from 1994. We're talking with Los Angeles City firefighters who were part of the earthquake response and aftermath. And today I'm joined by Assistant Chief Donald Fraser, who was a Captain Two at Fire Station 98 in the San Fernando Valley, which is where the earthquake was centered. Pleased to have you with us, Chief. How are you today?
0: Fine, Dave. Thanks for uh, coming out and talking.
1: So, you were at 98. How long had you been a, a TFC, a Task Force Commander?
0: Well, I'd been a uh, Captain Two for uh, two years at that at that point.
1: So you had some experience. The valley's busy. Uh, you're in a busy house. And then January 17th, 1994 comes along. And where were you that morning and what happened? Well, I was at home,
0: uh, and we had a, a good shake. I live outside the city and I knew from the, the duration of the shake that someplace, uh, we'd had a big earthquake. So, uh, I checked, uh, checked my house and made sure that my family was, uh, good to go, uh, without me and headed into work and, uh. It was striking as I crested the 118 freeway uh, coming into the valley. Is, it was almost surreal uh, because there was a brush fire uh, off to the north uh, with no uh, resources uh, attending to it. And then uh, the valley itself was, was dark. The entire valley was dark almost. And, and then there were fires that, that I could see. And, uh, so I knew that, uh, we were going to have obviously a full day. So once you got to work and well, be- you- be- before I get to work, I need to tell you that the, the one thing that I found striking as I drove the freeway is every overpass I, I came to, there was a bump and it's because the, the overpass and the freeway had shifted and, Finally, as I came across the valley, every time i get to an overpass, I'd slow down. But the bumps were getting bigger, so at, at Balboa, I got off. And it's a good thing, because past there, the freeway had come down. Right. And when I got off at Balboa, of course, we had we had a, a river of water because of the, the, the fire hydrant mains that were broken. And then um, we had a, a natural gas uh, transmission line that had broken there, so we had a huge gas-fed fire that exposed and burned, uh, I think it was about five homes in that neighborhood there. And that's
1: just what I saw coming into work. Wow. So once you were there, your, your relief obviously is being held over. Right. Uh,
0: I gathered my crew up at the station, because 98s is isn't at the station, they're out of work. And eventually we uh, took what we call a, it's a pickup truck and took the crew out and made relief at the scene of uh, an incident. Uh, 98's at that time was uh, at uh, a fire that involved about three houses in the city of San Fernando. But That was just one of many fires that they'd been to since the, uh, the incident. We took over at that point and finished extinguishment there and then proceeded with the balance of our shift.
1: So, as the skipper of a truck company, where you're used to operating either as a task force or a light force. Now we're in degraded mode or earthquake mode. So what were your runs like? What were your calls like?
0: Well, (laughs) we just started running to all kinds of calls. And there were calls for uh, uh, fires. Uh, There were calls for uh, uh, medical assistance, calls for electrical shorts. Um, But one of the One of the first things that I had to uh, accomplish was to get fuel. And without electricity, none of our uh, uh, fuel pumps worked. So we actually uh, fired up our generator and then energized a circuit at the station so that we could draw fuel from the tanks, the underground uh, uh, fuel tank. Wow.
1: So. Does anything from that particular day stand out uh, as being like, I'm going to remember that forever, or is it the whole day? Well, the whole day, but I I guess there's
0: some little things that that really stick in my mind. Uh, We had initial fires after the earthquake, um, and then given time, uh, we were able to deal with those fires. But then as electric circuits uh, cycled back on, we'd start getting fires also because there were shorts because of the and and you didn't know until they actually energized the circuit to, to see that it was remarkable that day but even more remarkable as time went on and we dealt with the aftermath and so we ended up uh, pumping into other grids so that we had water pressure and and uh, water to fight the fires and
1: uh, yeah. my understanding is that about 1400 1400- Water mains became inoperable, and people were, and companies were drawing from swimming pools and from uh, tank wagons. Exactly. Um, Exactly. But you're still really concerned about your water supply because there's only so many gallons in a pool and only so many gallons in a tank. Right. A
0: fire truck carries 500 gallons, which is about good for an auto fire, Uh,
1: not for a single-family dwelling. And... In some cases, you'd have a triple, a single engine, show up for a structure fire and they'd be it. And
0: in the degraded mode, that means uh, that you're not going to get a lot of help like we do uh, in normal day-to-day operations. When you think about it, we've got about uh, one firefighter for every 4,000 uh, uh, occupants in the, in the city. And on a day-to-day basis, that's great. But when you have a calamity where everybody needs help at once were woefully understaffed at that time, and that's where the the preparation work that uh, the community emergency response teams come in to where they organize block
1: by block uh, to help people help themselves. Yeah, it's in a in a city like this, it's really essential, I would think, to be able to make sure that the community knows that they're part of the solution. Exactly, uh, the
0: community has to be self-reliant and. So that little bit of preparation that you can do ahead of time really pays off when there's nobody else left to help you.
1: Now, in your role currently as fire marshal, preparation and readiness and prevention are all you know hallmarks of what your bureau does. How ready is the city, and what can we do, what can the community do to become better prepared?
0: Well, we've made great strides since uh, the Northridge earthquake, Uh, uh, we've improved our uh, urban search and rescue uh, response capability uh, with specialized equipment and uh, uh, training teams. We have a uh, a FEMA uh, response team uh, that goes to emergencies uh, around the country and is prepared for something here as well, and then of course we can bring in uh, resources from outside, but there's a time delay before those resources can be mustered. And it's that that gap there that the community has to be self-reliant. So the community emergency response teams uh, uh, has uh, done a lot of training with uh, the civilians within the Los Angeles area and helping them get ready. But it's that little bit of preparation that you can do, uh, having water and supplies, flashlight, uh, having your shoes next to your bed things like that that'll make all the difference for you when the actual earthquake comes
1: and it's gonna come I mean it's I don't know if it's tomorrow or in 30 years but we're definitely I mean we live in earthquake country right so this is part of our this is part of where we live and what we do
0: yeah, I've been through two uh, major earthquakes uh, in my lifetime uh, here in LA and then lots of smaller ones And, of course, we watch around the world. Earthquakes happen all
1: the time, every day. So it's just a matter of time here. Before we wrap up, one interesting thing that we haven't really delved into with anyone else, but I'd be interested to get your feedback, particularly since you were a deuce, um, a captain, too. Firefighters love to talk around the table. And, And firefighters all have families for the most part. And they're away from their families when something terrible happens, like an earthquake or a flood. What was the table conversation like in the weeks following the earthquake? What were were the impressions and reactions and emotions of your crew? Well,
0: it's interesting because everybody was affected different. I was fortunate because I lived away from the city. And so... uh, I felt at ease leaving my family, Uh, um, but there were were other firefighters that lived in the city that suffered uh, uh, devastating uh, losses to their houses, Um, and they uh, uh, rightfully were concerned uh, uh, about the
1: welfare of their family at the same time. And this was a time when there are no cell phones, really, to speak of, no texting, no, no real Internet connectivity. So the ability to get in touch is much more difficult.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, that's one of the things of uh, being a firefighter. And, and when you're gone from your family, uh, an extended period of time, 24 hours for a shift, um, you have to teach them to be self-reliant you're not always going to be there. Um, that's part of the preparation as a firefighter that uh, that I did at that time and I did with my crew so that we were able to perform when the, when the time came.
1: Well, thank you for spending time with us. Um, as we talk here at the, uh, the shops for the LAFD in downtown Los Angeles with a bit of traffic in the background, but uh, great stories. I think what we're trying to accomplish is if you listen to all of the stories of all of the different firefighters they're all different and they're all they form a fabric they form an educational kind of foundation about what we need to think about prior to having the next big earthquake and chief i greatly appreciate the time that you spent if you want to learn more about what we're doing in fire and life safety go to our website mysafela.org and you should always visit LAFD.org to get the latest information from the Los Angeles City Fire Department. And we look forward to having you join us on our next podcast here at MySafeLA. You've been listening to a MySafeLA fire and life safety podcast. MySafeLA is the public education partner of the Los Angeles Fire Department. Visit us at MySafeLA.org and LAFD.org.